It's time to be the queen of your stress. With the queen of stress, Dr. M. Hey there, BQS listeners, and welcome to our 51st episode. I'm Dr. M, and this podcast is designed to help inspire change in how you see, manage, and use your stress. So you can be the queen of your stress, not the stress being queen over you. In the uh, current series of episodes we have, we are currently about to hit the second episode of our four-episode series of Breaking Bad Pain Cycles and Stress Habits. That It's a work- recording of a workshop that I held in Shell Harbour a few weeks ago, and I really wanted to be able to share the information with you because I think it's so powerful when we really start to understand why it is that our pain cycles and sometimes our life cycles keep repeating time and time again and why it's important to start switching up that story and creating new, more powerful habits that can actually redesign your life and where it's going to. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to flick over to the next installment of episode two of our four-part series of Breaking Bad. Uh, take the eight ball quiz. Scroll down a wee bit. It came through, but the link that I've got... It would just be a general page? Yeah, so it would be the general page that you get sent out that's the explanation. You would have got your score when you first did it. Oh, okay. It pops up. Ah, yes. Um, Now, when you're actually doing it, what you'll notice is down the bottom, it will actually give you a score so that you get the explanation of your results. It's really important that you flick up one more time and hit submit. Otherwise, you'll see what your score is, but you won't get any further. We, you won't get the sheet sent out to you that explains what that all means. <laughs> okay, but it's only up to 10. <laughs> so depending on what your score is, as I said, you'll get uh, an explanation sheet that you can look over when you get home tonight that will just show you how well you are or are not adapting to stress. Because one of the things that I talk about in our Stress Less workshop, how's everybody going with that before I get overexcited and keep going? Perfect. Um, in our Stress Less workshop, we talk a lot about uh, why it is so important that our body is adapting well to stress because, as I mentioned earlier, is we've all got stress around us. It's just how well we are adapting to it or perhaps how poorly we're adapting to it. And when you're adapting to it poorly, you look like I did in my before pictures. For some of us, we put on weight. For some of us, we can't put weight on and people will be underweight and they do anything to be able to actually keep some weight on. For some people, it'll be that they're really fatigued. For other people, it'll be they'll have gut issues that are going on. For some people, it will be that they just know their posture is rubbish and so they're in a lot of discomfort because their posture isn't in the right place. One of the first signs of stress is actually your posture being in the incorrect position. We're going to talk a bit, bit more about that in just a second. When it comes to the different areas of stress that we have in our, uh, in our life, is that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. You got it. Um, is is that when it comes to again the types of stress we want to simplify? So again, we said we might have fifty different stresses or worries going on right now, but what again we can put it into the worry meter and decide whether it's something we can or can't change, or we get advice on whether it's something we can or can't change. Then once we know, say, it's something we can change, then we can actually chunk it down one more time. Is the stress actually something that is a physical stress, a chemical stress, or an emotional stress? So let's take some examples. Can somebody think of what an emotional stress might be? Breakup. A breakup. Breakup, absolutely. 
Okay, so that absolutely fits into emotional. Now, sometimes when that's actually happening, somebody might actually have a physical response to that. So often when people are under emotional stress, their lower back will go out. Now, this might sound a bit out there and woo-woo, but it's because our lower back is actually our foundations. Sometimes when our foundation is rocked, our lower back is the first area that goes. Bit crazy, isn't it? That's why when people come in and say, my low back's hurting and there's no physical reason for it, I'll ask, have you had a stressful day? Is there some sort of new stress that's going on or a big stress that's going on? And they'll go, yes, how did you know? I'll go, because it's the foundation. If it's rock, it can actually send off symptoms. All right, let's think about what a physical stress might be. An injury? Yeah, absolutely. Taking a stack, if I stack down the back steps out here, that is not ideal. That's absolutely a physical stress. Sitting on our chairs, because I know these are very comfortable, I apologise in advance for how comfortable these chairs are, is that sitting in chairs all day at work is a physical stress. So how many of you sit in front of a computer all day or in a car driving? Oh, there they go. Everyone's hands are up. Okay. And in terms of a chemical stress, what sort of things might be a chemical stress? Medication. Medication? Yep. Stopping food. Stopping food. Oh, stuffing food. Yeah, absolutely. Processed foods. Absolutely. So you can see again is that we can go from lots of different things and then we can simplify them yet again, which again, hopefully makes it easier for you to be able to manage. Now, when it comes to our inflammation, it's a really interesting thing because what inflammation actually does, does everybody understand what inflammation do, is? If you haven't understand. Yeah, cool. Well, it, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to vomitron a, a master's degree onto you, I promise. But in terms of what inflammation is, it's an indication that your body is actually fighting off toxins. Okay, um, and it's uh, basically our body starts up an immune response, which is why it shows up in different ways. So it might be that you have gut issues that all of a sudden things that you could eat a week ago suddenly are making you bloat like an Ethiopian child. Okay, because our body's reacting to that external stimulus. Does that make sense? Okay, so what often happens is that our inflammation cycles become a pattern that our body becomes accustomed to and sometimes actually gets addicted to. So that might sound a bit strange as well, but let's take the word pain for a second or let's take the word stress for a second. It's a word that we made up, right? Like there's different words for it across the literally across the world that we all have a different word to describe what pain is. That word is actually used to describe a series of feelings that you might be having in your body and we call that pain or we call that stress. So what is actually happening with our body is that let's say we get stressed about something and our body is used to actually having a chemical reaction. What are some of the feelings you might have when you're stressed? Does anybody else feel it in their guts? Where you feel like tension in your tummy and you feel butterflies going on? What that is and why you're feeling that, that sensation is because literally there's a chemical reaction happening in your body right now. Now, for some of us, we feel that, that butterfly in our belly and we go, oh, that's excitement. For some of us, we go, oh, that's nerves. For some of us, we might say, oh, my God, I'm really stressed right now. And our body becomes so used to that particular cycle, it actually keeps creating it even when we might stop creating it. Now, some of you are like, what is she talking about? That's very strange. <laughs> but it's what happens within our body because our body gets used to certain things going on on a regular basis. And then when we might make a conscious decision that we don't want to do that anymore, 
is our body's like, but we've done that for the last five years. We've done that for the last 10 years. We've actually done that since we were five. And all of a sudden now you're telling me I'm not doing that anymore? Nyah. And that's what happens is sometimes our body actually starts to drive our brain and not the other way around. It's why it's so important that we have an understanding of that because then we can start to actually reprogram and start breaking some cycles that might have been around for a really long time. Does that sound like that might be a bit helpful? Has anybody heard that before, that our body can drive our brain versus our brain driving our body? No, that's new. So why that's really important is because often it's a bit like driving. Who's driven here, and I know some of you drive here all the time, who drove here tonight and was conscious the whole way here of how they got here? Some of you are like, oh, far out, I'm out the front of Dr. M's. When did that happen? Like, I know I've just driven 50Ks, but I'm not sure how I actually got here. Or even better still is if you're putting your PIN number into something and you actually, you consciously try to remember your PIN number, you go, oh, God, which card is this? And then you look at the card and then you just let your hand do it. That's our body driving our brain. It's so muscle memoried into our innate that we, our brain actually has nothing to do with it anymore. And in fact, sometimes you remember things better that way than actually trying to consciously remember them. It's like when, is everybody here old enough to remember the old phones where you had to do that? (laughs) Some people are like, no, not really. I saw that in a museum. I was looking around the room to see what audience I had. Some of the younger folk in the front are going, it's rude to say I don't remember, isn't it? But it was, is you would, you would remember and you would remember everybody's numbers and you would remember how far around you had to wind it and you, I can even hear the click, click, click of it coming back. It was great fun. So, I mean, these are the things. This is how, so what, we got rid of our, that phone, it was brown, it was like really that dark mission brown that was on the kitchen wall. And, and it was in the, I didn't think I really needed privacy back then, but I remember my big brother trying to actually get the landline and try and go around the corner and stretch the cord nearly out of the phone. But, oh, we did have a wall mount, it was tray fancy. And then when we got our next landline, like, does every, I don't even have a landline anymore at home, is that then our next very fancy touchpad one had an extension cord on it. So you could actually take it further away. Anyway, the point to that story versus us all reliving our youth was that even though for all of us, how long ago was it that we used those phones? But for all of most of you are actually smiling because you're remembering back going, it used to be fun when you were little because you'd hear that coming back and again that's because we literally have a physical memory of it it's not necessarily a conscious memory it's literally you could go yeah and I used to do this and used to do that and then I'd wait for it to hit and if you got it too early then there'd be an issue um, and it wouldn't go through properly absolutely so when it comes to actually being able to reprogram what we're doing we have to actually in some ways fight against years of training You know, we're talking about phones that haven't existed in mainstream Australia for a few decades. And yet we all can literally put our hand exactly where probably you could ring the number of the house you used to live in. You could probably actually do that without thinking. And if, so I grew up in Sydney, so that was pre-9s being in phones. (laughs) Down here it would be pre-4s and ones. Okay. So when it comes to reprogramming our brain is that one of the things to be really clear on is we can't break habits. What we can do is we can create new habits that are stronger. So this is where sometimes people get really muddled if they're doing things like whether it's an eight-week challenge or they're quitting sugar or 
um, they're doing anything along those lines is because it's not actually retraining things from the brain down. It's actually trying to bypass something that's just not going to work that way. I hope that made sense. So in terms of when we're reprogramming our brain is that we need to actually create such a strong habit that it replaces the old one. So let's take sugar, for example. When I was the size I was in the before picture is that I would knock small children out of the way for sugar. It'd be like if there was sugar around, it'd be like, well, I wouldn't knock them, Jess. I wouldn't hurt them. <laughs> and keep moving. Is I would move them gently out of the way um, so that I could get to sugar. Now, when it comes to that's very funny. When it comes to actually reprogramming the fact that now I eat very little sugar is because I've literally retrained how I look at it. So it comes because back in the day when I was addicted to sugar is that, as I said, I would knock small children out of the way. It took time to replace that habit with good things that there are times when I'm stressed where I still will, my natural tendency is still to look for sugar. But I've created a strong enough habit that it actually doesn't always replace it. It depends how big the stress is. Okay, so there's still times that I can feel myself getting pulled back this way. Sometimes I change the name of the sugar, where in the past it might have been chocolate. Some days it might be wine. Some days it might be some other form of sugar and I'll try and get around it that way and then I realise I'm still actually doing the same habit. Okay, So our body's very clever because if your body wants a craving for an addiction that it used to have, for example, like sugar, it will just pop a different name on it and try and fool up top going, it's not really sugar because it's got grapes in it. So if it's got grapes in it, that's good sugar, right? Okay, you're all going, yes, a little bit too... <laughs> to in, ag- in agreement with that. So obviously within moderation, folks. Um, but but it's amazing how we can actually trick ourselves into thinking we've actually not in that old habit. I hope that's making sense. So we have to create a new habit that is so strong that the old habit rears its head very very little. Okay, and there's some really ways, really good ways of being able to do that. So we're going to run through a couple of them now. Um, Number one, how many of you here meditate or do mindfulness exercises? Oh, I've got a couple of hands and some people are like, I'm not sure. I tried tried and I once. Okay, so I'll rephrase. Thank you for being honest. Who meditates regularly? Good. There's one hand that's like, yes, I do. Good. Um, To be honest, it's a couple of years ago when I first started doing my stress-less workshops, I had such an aversion to even saying the word meditation I used to call this next component mindfulness because I used to think that I couldn't meditate because my brain was way too busy I felt totally like and if you ever have a meeting with me Kerry D will often talk about have a voice recorder because literally just things come out of my mouth and she'll say what did you say and go I have no idea because it literally just starts going and so it's really important that we learn to be able to calm all that overwhelm and chaos because it then allows us to create healthier habits and plan and design our day. Does that make sense? Now, one of the the, um, meditation apps that I would really recommend and the one that I often use is called the Insight Timer. I believe you can get it on both iPhones and Androids. Um, It's a free app. I quite like it because it literally shows you how many people are meditating around the world. Um, They've got all different length meditations on them. So that if you're just a beginner, or not just a beginner, a rephrase, if you're at the start of your practice and you're like, there is no way I can sit still for 20 minutes, you've got to be kidding. 
like that's just silliness, <laughs> um, which is how I used to be, is they've got three-minute mindfulness exercises or they might have one that I often do is an eight to ten-minute just for t- it's literally called just for the t- today one of the guys i really quite like on there his name's tom evans um, and he's got some short ones that are great to start the day with and also to end the day with so if you're feeling like you're time poor you can actually just do something very quick if your meditation practice is more practice you c- there's lots of longer ones on there too now some of you are going to listen to tom's voice and go how long do you listen to that dude talk for? Because his voice is really annoying. But others of you go, yeah, I like his voice. So there's so many different people that do the meditations. So again, listen to somebody's voice who you like versus you go, oh, I can't listen to them for 60 seconds, let alone 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Okay. But meditation and mindfulness is one of the best ways to be able to reprogram what's going on up in your brain and as far as your neurology and neuroplasticity is concerned. Well, that's it for that second installment of the Breaking Bad Workshop, Pain Cycles and Stress Habits. Your action step this week, BQS listeners, is I would certainly, certainly recommend and suggest that if you're not already uh, involving a regular mindfulness or meditation practice, is that something you start doing this week? Remember that Insight Time is a great place to start. There's also some wonderful uh, meditations available on YouTube, uh, all at your listening pleasure. So I hope you have a great week ahead. That's it for this week. Bye for now. Well, that's it for today's podcast, BQS listeners. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, if you would like to subscribe, make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to stay in touch, check out our Facebook page, The Queen of Stress, or on our Insta, The Queen of Stress. For more information and show notes, be sure to go to thequeenofstress.com to continue our journey together. Hope you have a fabulous week and I'll catch you next time. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.